In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. So... It's another week, and it's another television program rather than a movie uh, this week. And um, wasn't much to this particular TV show, uh, so I didn't. I struggled. And that to, made me like it. <laughs> I I assumed that at least, um, but it made me struggle to think of like what to ask as a question. But I realized I don't know. I think we've alluded to this before in our various discussions, but I'm not sure if I've ever really given you the floor to discuss um, your feelings about animation um, and perhaps hmm. animation made for adults. Yeah. Ooh, I feel like it's a loaded question. Um, well, it really depends. I'll be honest. I have ones that I like and appreciate and I have ones that I detest. Mm. <laughs> so it really and the ones I detest, it's there it depends. But um really depends for me. This one, you know, we'll talk about it. I did I did like. Um I oh, thought the humor okay. was definitely like my style. Okay. Um I definitely had like a few yeah, I definitely had like a few like out loud laughs, which I feel like oh, is maybe rare good. for me. And yeah, so I, I I liked the humor in this one in particular. Um, something like uh, a Rick and Morty, I am not a huge fan of. Um, we've never mm-hmm. done a Rick and Morty episode, but no. um, not a fan just because uh, for me there it's like a little little too much of the gross stuff that happens. Sure. Um, so like gross humor in cartoons like not my favorite um I don't know it's it's a hard it's a hard uh nut to crack because like I like Archer I like Ish I like you know Simpsons King of the Hill like I'm okay with all of those uh family guy like okay sure what about Bob's Burgers I thought you would have been a fan aren't you Bob's Burgers yeah I do like I do yes yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. That was my next one. I was trying to think of. Uh, yeah, Bob's Burgers. I like that. That also that um, humor is for me as well. But I will say, like, an adult cartoon is not something that I'm gonna like. For the most part, just like sit and like chill out and watch, like in a mm-hmm. like repetitive type of way. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't be my go. It would like almost never be my go to. If someone else is watching it, like, I can get on board if, like, um, but, yeah, it would, like, and, yeah, maybe sometimes South Park, even though, like, that, 
I don't know. It's weird. It's a tough one for me. Like, I, I'm kind of like sometimes all in, sometimes like don't care, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I, I really have to be in the mood for it. And again, it's not probably something that if I was just doing some like easy watching on my own that I would pick. Like, probably not. Because I, I was thinking about that with this one, too. I was like, would I watch more of this? And like in my head, I was like, I could. But am I going to? Probably not. <laughs> right. Like so. Um, so how do I want to say this? So like, um, animation for you is rarely an ad. Like it's rarely like a reason why you would definitely look at something. Um, yeah. You you can yeah. enjoy something that's animated, but if it is, then there might be a higher failure rate than if it were live action. Yeah, totally. Like, for example, like BoJack Horseman, I think, is maybe a good example of this. There's a lot of people in it that I know of, like voice actors yeah. and um, people that I find funny. And But I've never sought it out because I'm like, oh, but it's like animated. I don't know. <laughs> but if it was yeah. those actual actors in it, I'd be like, yeah, I'll probably check that out. Yeah. No, I quite you like BoJack. I, mean? I do. That's So that's what I was trying to say. Because, like, for me, um, animation is often a value add. Um, and I like something okay. that's animated. Um, and in particular, it's a value add if the subject matter is perhaps heavier somehow. Like, the having animation kind of balances out what can be heavy about a storyline or a concept. And Bojack Horseman is actually, I would say, a good example of that. Like, it takes on, especially the later okay. seasons, take on very serious issues to do with, like, addiction and mental health and, like, um, all this stuff that, for me, if someone were to say, oh, yeah, there's this show. If it was about live a wash- action. I'd be it like, would be too dark. Yeah, I'd be like, I I have no desire to follow a washed yeah. up actor into rehab or, you know, <laughs> like any of that. Nothing at all. Yeah. But the fact that it's animated, uh, like, affords a lightness that then I can like buy in in some sort of way that I would. I get that. Elsewise. Yeah, I get that. That's very funny. And I I have a memory, and I don't know if this is accurate, but I have a memory of, um, I think maybe one of our aunts, like, not knowing that South Park was not a kid's show and, like, showing it to our cousins when they were really young and then be like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> and I don't know if that's an accurate memory, but I feel like I have that memory of someone telling me that and them being like, oh, yeah, I didn't realize that, it, like, South Park was dirty. Yeah. Um, Ooh, wow. Because I feel like at that time, but I do feel like at that time, the like animation for adult world, that sounds kind of like porny, yeah. but I don't mean it that way. Like it wasn't <laughs> as much of a thing. Has blown up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I think that the quantity and quality of animated uh content, particularly similar to this show where it's like more or less like twenty to thirty minute episodes. Um, has really yeah. changed a lot, like really even over the yeah. past 10 years or something. Um, and there's a lot more out there. And yeah, yeah, it was. And I think we maybe even talked about this with Robotech, where like at a point it was just like, if it's animated, it's obviously for children. Like, um, and right. what else would it be for? Whereas this particular show this week, 
Um, definitely not for children necessarily. It Defin- is for the MTV audience, which is a bit children, yes. but um, older teens. Right. I think, but I don't think probably. that it was like inappropriate. I'm not sure. No. Yeah, no. I'm not sure that there was anything in it that was I've been like inappropriate. But I just don't think they like young kids would have gotten it. And right. I'll be honest, like I can't remember the actual like storyline or plot. I just remember there were like some one liners, and I probably should have written them down, the ones that made me laugh. But like there were some good one liners. I thought. <laughs> For sure. So, hello, everyone. Welcome to See You Next Week in Space. I'm Sarah Walsh, and I'm here with my co-host and sister, Amy Walsh. And Amy, why don't you say, then, what this uh, wonderful animated series that you enjoyed so much is called, what we're talking about. (laughs) So, we watched an episode of a show called Clone High, and that's Mm -hmm. Clone High as in Clone High School. Correct. Correct. which I guess apparently <laughs> apparently was on the air from 2002 to 2003, which was going to be one of my questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the episode that we watched was called Film Fest Tears of a Clone, which I do enjoy, um, <laughs> it, which was episode four, originally aired on the 10th of February in 2003. That's right. Um, and so the IMDb description of this fleeting show... Uh, is that the greatest minds of the world have been cloned and are now attending high school together. Um, which I don't... I like, love as, that. I mean, I... <laughs> I was just, like, as a concept, I don't know that I, like, thought it through very much, like, when I heard you, when you told me the name of the show, like, I didn't right. think of it. I didn't think much of it. But then when I was watching it, and then I... Because at first I like I understood who some of them are supposed to be, and then I was like, "Wait, who's that supposed to be?" And um, <clears throat> it's just very clever. I enjoyed the concept. Yeah, I like the concept too. Um, unsurprisingly, since I selected this show, um, in fact, the concept of the show <laughs> was something that the creators came up with while they were in college at Dartmouth in the nineteen nineties, um, and basically. It definitely Uh, had a 90s vibe. It did, uh, though it comes out in the early 2000s. It's certainly informed by, like, you know, I think I was reading in Wikipedia that, you know, this is an MTV uh, production. Um, I think Daria Mm -hmm. and and Beavis and Butthead preceded this. Like, they were already out there as the animated content that MTV made, going back to what we were saying, like, content that was meant not for little children, but for the MTV audience, which I guess I, kind of ranges from maybe 15 to Daria 25 is, or something. Yeah. Daria is one that I forgot about that I will say, like, that might be up there for me in terms of a an adult animated. I would maybe watch Daria, like, as a, like, continually. I like yeah. Daria. I think I tried to get into it again sometime over pandemic and then just sort of lost steam with it for some reason. Um, but I recall it being yeah. something that I liked at the time. Um, in terms, It was quite funny. Yeah. And in terms of this show... Apparently, according to the creators, they felt that they were somewhat limited in which of the historical figures that they could choose, um, in part Mm. because there are a variety of estates of dead celebrities that are very litigious, 
Um, and so we're very protective of the image and uh, reputation of the dead person, so they don't want to be included. Um, and I don't know. That they seems didn't, very silly, but okay. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't mention anything of like, oh, we wanted to do so and so, and then got a phone call saying, don't do it. Yeah. But um, you know, it is one because of those all the things. People, all the ones that are actually. Oh, I was gonna say, just all the ones that are actually in it are like very old. It's not like anybody. It's not like I mean, he wasn't dead at the time of this, but it wasn't like you know, Michael Jackson or anybody who would be possibly contemporary. It was like very much. Yeah. Like I think the most current person was JFK. Um, Right. And the other thing that limited the options was what would an average MTV viewer know? Like who would be someone that an MTV person would know? And so that was the other kind of issue that they had to come up with. Apparently, the mm. kind of inspiration for this um, was specifically Dawson's Creek. Um, that was mentioned a lot in the Love Wikipedia that. entry. Um, that they wanted to like That's hilarious model this off of, <clears throat> and especially like when you see that the like main huh. driver of this season is that um, Joan of Arc likes Abe Lincoln, but he doesn't like her back. He likes Cleopatra. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. So, right. And he's like, that was actually, that was actually the part that one of the parts that made me laugh when he was like calling her bro over and over. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Got it. Yeah. So that, I mean, that love triangle thing is a tried and true teen mm. drama situation. Um, apparently, mm-hmm. uh, this, shows you know i don't remember it didn't mention like what time slot or where it was on the mtv circuit um but it was first released in canada in 2002 Hmm. as like i guess a bit of a test run and then it got released in the u.s in 2003 um apparently you because mtv has like an international um Network once it aired and started doing okay in the U.S., it was then broadcast to the various like sister channels in other parts of the world. And mm. um, one of the characters who we won't talk too much about today, but um, who is in there is Gandhi. And mm. uh, Gandhi is so like if the main love triangle bit is Abe and Joan then Gandhi was considered like kind of the next important protagonist to and he was meant to offer comic relief uh to this whole Hmm. shebang and um apparently when this show then was released in India people did not care for his representation in this show Mm. his rendering Mm. um so much so that there was like a fasting protest done against it whoa um yeah like it was quite a thing apparently wow um and so the show got pulled uh i mean also it wasn't performing as well as expected so they were Mm. like why are we going to try and fight a thing for a show that's kind of shitty like people are literally not eating (laughs) yeah so so (laughs) it only has 13 episodes But uh, Mm. what I learned is that, uh, as with many things in the kind of digital age in which we live, um, it has developed a cult following. 
um, because it is Mm -hmm. really humorous. Um, And I was also reading that, like, the animation style was very kind of of the moment and quite flat and rather undynamic. And the whole point was because they wanted the jokes to be the main thing that people focus on, not so much the animation. Um, And so... What is happening now is that uh, two seasons uh, of the show are being planned uh, by HBO Max. Uh, so it's going to have a resurrection hmm. uh, in the near future. Oh, that's fun. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And I guess we'll see if Gandhi makes an appearance. And if so, how that well, might be handled Like 20 years later, like two... <laughs> Yeah. Well, in 20 years later, too, like, ca- like, can we add characters? Like, maybe people who oh, hadn't sure. even died yeah. yet then? And, like... I mean, it wasn't clear to me interesting. if it was, like, a remake or a reboot, you know? Like, but either way... Oh, okay. Um, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of options for different stuff to be done. Yeah. Um, other random fact that mm-hmm. this was quite apparent in this episode, there's always an image of a dolphin... In every episode, I'm not sure why, mm-hmm. uh, but hmm. that's a thing, and that appears in Joan's student film uh, later in the oh, episode. Oh, right. Um, uh-huh. In terms of the cast, there's a wide variety of historical figures represented here, but the main people in the story are Abe Lincoln, Gandhi, and Joan of Arc. Uh, mm-hmm. Abe Lincoln was voiced by, at the time, a 33-year-old Will Forte, um, <laughs> who uh, at this point was just kind of on the start to his uh, meteoric rise as a comic actor. Mm. Um, I felt compelled to say he was a history major. He graduated with a history degree from <laughs> UCLA. Uh, so it just goes up to okay. show you that it does not matter what your degree is in. Um, you will just end up doing a job regardless. It literally doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, he actually started out on the writing side. Um, it, he mm-hmm. like So he started by writing for SNL um, and then eventually mm-hmm. started doing some front of camera stuff. Um, I also noticed that he, much like, um, most of the other people in this cast, uh, was doing voice work from the start. He's been kind of, um, concurrently doing voice and, uh, front of camera work his whole career. Um, and, you he's know. He's got a, he's got a good voice. Like, he does I would have say a good he's voice. got a fun, and especially for, like, his voice is kind of. It's good for this, and, you know, it sounds kind of young, but also, like, he's got, like, a goofy-ish voice, so it works really well for animation, I think, in particular. Yeah, yeah. and so unsurprisingly, he's I mean, a I big, guess that's what voices all are. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a big actor now, so he's got, like, a lot of stuff coming down the track, um, so yeah. nothing really new to say there. Um, Gandhi is voiced, and now this is a change I am sure they would make, uh, Gandhi is voiced by the white actor Michael McDonald, who was 39 when this came out. Mm. Um, I think if they maintained Gandhi as a character, they that definitely would, be a would not make that choice. For sure. Um, that's a big difference definitely. Uh, from how things like how things were done to wh- how they are done now. Um, similar. Oh, he's the he's the 
he's the what's it called guy? He's the one. Um, uh, uh, shoot. Um, what the heck is that sketch? Con- Mad TV. That, yeah. that guy. Yes. Um, okay. S- similar to Will Forte. Uh, he started out in one career and then went to another. He started out as a banker um, and was doing that in Los wow. Angeles. Yeah. Um, and then because he was in LA, he like heard about improv or maybe went to see an improv show and then decided Just fell into acting <laughs> that he wanted to do that instead. Um, and he, he, I guess is, the moral of the story is, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, I guess the moral of the story is that if you just like are in LA, like eventually you'll just start just acting. Just get a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll just start becoming an yeah. actor. Um, it, yeah, it's a wild one because that is the story of both him and Will Forte is this kind of like it just sort of seemingly <laughs> yeah. happened. Because um, yeah. I forget what it was. Is like because Will Forte also had a job between being a history major at UCLA and being a comedy writer that was like a similar thing of like working at a brokerage firm or something weird. And <laughs> then he just like changed so entirely. Um Michael McDonald uh, is one of those actors as well who just works constantly um, and has been working yeah. from the start. So, like, he is in an episode of Family Matters from, like, quite long ago. Um, he's wow. in a series of movies called Blood Fist, which I had never heard of. Um, but I'm intrigued Me by neither. I'm what kind it of might interested. Um, I also <laughs> yeah. was... I had forgotten this, but he was also the guy who Austin Powers rolls over in a steamroller, but like at a super slow speed. He's that guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that. Uh, and then, yes, he was on Mad TV uh, for quite a while. Um, I forget because I was never much of a for Mad like TV the whole time. head, but he had like, I think, at least a couple like signature characters or whatever that were his thing oh yeah he was yeah they were yeah the Stuart character which is like pretty gross oh god <laughs> I mean I find it a little funny but it, this, that's the one he's like look what I can do and he like <laughs> does nothing gross. um he's like a little he's like a weird adult baby yeah, um, like that description yeah he definitely all. had some signature characters like that it's oh it's quite creepy it's a little creepy yeah um, and then finally, we have Joan of Arc, uh, voiced by another Mad TV alum, Nicole Sullivan, who is 33. I love she her. She was doing this. Yeah, she's great. Um, mm. She has her first credit in 1991. So similar to Michael McDonald, um, she's been around for a long time and kind of just does whatever she books, like, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So she was on an early episode of Party of Five. Um Similar to Will mm. Forte, she's been doing voice work um, kind of simultaneously to her front of camera career. Um, and that's in part because she has a cool voice. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's an interesting, slightly uh, unique sounding voice. So she's done that this whole time. Yeah. Um, I guess she was a recurring character yeah. on King of Queens, which I didn't know. Um, yeah, I remember that. I think she was... Uh what's her butt's friend okay <laughs> i forget leah, the character leah name remini's friend. leah remini's friend um yeah, she also yeah. yeah she was on mad tv again for a really long time i again know she was on mad tv can't think of one of her characters but i'm sure she had 
some recurring ones as well. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I can't really remember her characters in particular, but um, I liked her on that show, I remember. And then, this is strictly for your benefit, she's also in a movie called I'll Be Next Door for Christmas. Um, so you may need to watch Gotta that. Gotta look that something. up. I may have already seen it, because I wonder if it's like... <laughs> um, no, probably not. Oh, from 2018. Oh, interesting. I wonder if it's like, let's see. Um, a comedy film. Interesting. I wonder if it's like a send-up of... I don't know. Interesting. I will have to watch this. I mean, I know we've already discussed how you're actively... You've been actively watching Christmas movies for a while. Um... And this seems oh, like... Oh, 100%. Like, really quick interjection just about Christmas movies. Um, right. I was at a show last night. Yeah, just really quick um, because I know this show is short. So, like, anyway. Um, I was at a show last night, and I overheard the people sitting next to me <laughs> describing a Christmas movie that sounded crazy. And he was like, oh, my God, listen to this, like, Christmas movie that's coming out. It's about an optometrist who meets a girl who's colorblind and he has to like oh my coach God. her through learning oh to see God. the colors of Christmas or something like that. Oh no, and I yeah, could not keep my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't I couldn't keep I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Like I overheard it and I literally had to say to these strangers that I was sitting next to, I was like, I would totally watch that. And he was like, oh, my God, I'm he laughed at me and he was like, oh, I'm on this Twitter thread right now about all these crazy Christmas movies. And I was like, I love it. I'm watching. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, oh, boy. Um, all I can say is, oh, how boy good does that sound? I mean, I don't know. The truth <laughs> is, I don't know. Um, but also, I don't know either. And also. Well, and I think it's a Hallmark one, which, like, the Hallmark ones are out of control crazy. Like, and I don't watch a lot of those ones, I'll be honest. Like, I watch a lot of bad ones. Sure. But the Hallmark ones, like, really go crazy. Um, like, it's so specific what the stories are, and it's so weird. Um, and even, and they're just, they are playing nonstop. Like, I don't get the Hallmark channel, but, like, when I am ever in, like, a hotel and the hotel has a Hallmark channel, it's wall-to-wall Christmas movies. <laughs> like... It's crazy. Anyway, um, so I will have to watch. I'll be next door for Christmas. Googled um, optometrist Christmas movie, which I never expected to ever do. Um, <laughs> and here's the thing: there are at least three, Multiple? at least three oh my holiday God. movies <laughs> that feature an optometrist. There is. <laughs> There is one which I feel like I did vaguely know existed called Deck the Halls from 2006 where... Oh, yeah. That, that's about an optometrist? The one with um, Danny DeVito? Yeah. Or whoever? Yeah. I guess um, Matthew Broderick is an optometrist in that yes. movie. So there's that. Um, oh. Then, okay. I forgot that. Uh, then there is something called The Eight Gifts of Hanukkah. And that is a movie where Whoa. the main character is an optometrist named Sarah who's got a secret admirer. Um, Whoa. And then there is this other one that you're talking about that's mentioned as well. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's called... Oh, boy. 
so in this one, oh my which God, is tell called me the title, I forget. The most colorful time of the year. And love it. It is got the girl from 30 Rock, Sari. Do you remember Sari? Um, who was Not like really. their really good looking intern. So she is, That sounds right if it's that sounds right if it's Hallmark. Yeah, so she is playing the optometrist. And because colorblindness <laughs> generally runs in men, obviously. And so he oh, okay. is yeah, and it's like that's the other thing. Red and green are usually the colors that you're colorblind with, if you didn't know. Um, okay. Oh, so that's okay. I, I where looked up this, her picture. Okay, I know who she is. That's where this is coming from. Yeah, that's and very funny. I am like, as far as I know. Oh, that's so funny. Once you're colorblind, there's no like fixing colorblindness. Like, um, and well, and and what does that mean? Even like, yeah, no, I don't think. I think it's just like. Well, what do I know? I have not seen the movie, but I imagine that it's like, oh, they fall in love, so then he like starts to see color or something like that. I you know, don't, like I some tr- bullshit. I, who's to say? But I am. Or just, he like gets in. He gets into the season, <laughs> right? Somehow, and then. But I mean, the the fact that my fr- my phrase optometrist Christmas movie resulted in three <laughs> three different things is shocking. To me, that that is. I don't the way know. That I'm kind of surprised are. there's not more. Um, That's very but, funny. Okay, so now we need to return anyway. to Clone High. Um, anyway, <laughs> so Clone High apparently, like every single episode, starts with a previously on Clone High, um, mm. and we get that okay. first, and then we get the credits, which. Um, the credits were done. I really liked actually the actual music of the credits, and that's in part because they were done by an actual alternative rock band called the Abandoned Pools. Um, and the credits also say the other kind of the main premise of the show, which is that in the 1980s, there's this secret government program to clone historical figures, and it's all kind of like unclear as to what the ultimate purpose of this is. But as we learn, even in this episode, Mm -hmm. the government kind of wants to use these figures for military ends in some capacity. But their principal, Cinnamon something Scrubsworth, I want to say his name was, or Scudsworth, where is that? Hold on a second. Yeah, I think Um, it was Scudsworth, I want to say. Yeah, um, Principal Scudworth, Cinnamon J. Scudworth. Scudworth. Um, He and is that supposed to be someone? No. Um, He wants to. Never. He wants to apparently, and this is nowhere really super on display in this episode. While the government wants to use the clones for, like, military purposes, Scudworth has his own secret plan where he's going to use them in an uh, amusement park he wants to create uh, called Cloney Island. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, see, I love that. I didn't catch that. Did they say that in the episode? I no, they don't say it in the did. episode. They do. Uh, there's, a, there's a B story here about... Principal Scudworth inviting the Council of Shadowy Figures. That's what they're actually called 
in the show as the council's shadowy figures. Um, <laughs> he invites them over for dinner at his house and his butler robot um, helps him. But we're not really going to talk about that because it's kind of like that. I've just okay. said the whole B story. Like we don't really need to go into okay. it. Okay. I didn't even um, remember it. So, okay. But no, that particular subplot of him working on Cloney Island is not really relevant to the storyline of this episode. But I like that. Um, I I like a good pun, and I like that. Of course. I mean, I don't even think that's a very good pun, but it is a pun. Is that a pun? Oh. <laughs> uh, it, it is It is literally a pun. I don't know if it's a good one or not. Like, that's the situation. Okay. Um, so this episode begins at Clone High's cross-country meet. Um, and so the so I think... Abe Lincoln is maybe the main member of the team who like wins the meet or something, but Clone High wins the meet and then they have this massive riot in celebration of the meet. Um, And I was wondering, and this is in part because I watched that documentary recently about Woodstock 99. And Oh yeah. I was like, is this a joke about that? Like I couldn't, that's something that is sometimes hard to capture. I thought it was with some of this of like at the time. Yeah, I was the time. Yeah, yeah. what was topical? Yeah, I was thinking that it was more just. Uh, I was thinking it was more just a comment on the ridiculousness of people rioting after a sports game, right? Like, well, um, certainly. That I mean, too. it's yeah. I mean, that's quite literal, but like. You know, I think one of the the lines that also made me laugh too is like, "Oh, we won! Let's like destroy school property now." Or, <laughs> oh no, there was a part where they were doing the rioting, and like, the, there was what was it? It said like glass studio, and somebody just had like a big pane of glass that they like smashed on the oh, floor. Oh right, I um, did. See, I, know, I do like, remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, yeah. I but just maybe it was in reference to that Woodstock thing. I don't know. Or if. There might have been a more recent riot, even that I don't remember. Maybe anymore. You know, like that's the thing. Probably like, all of these riots yeah. just start blending together. <laughs> you have no idea. There's lots of riots. Um, you never know. So then we cut to like a school room, or maybe it's the auditorium, and Principal Scudworth is basically like, um, so the entire school was ruined by your riotous joy. Um, and so we need to find a better way to like channel your feelings. And Abe Lincoln, who is best friends with Joan of Arc, says that she makes films to de-stress. So why don't they all do a film festival uh, to kind of like direct their energies at that? And everyone seems so. Quite so, like into a film idea. festival to, right? So, like a film festival to, to what end? I guess like that's as in, in um, in opposition to a riot. In yeah, the film fest. yeah, that seems to be. And <laughs> got I, it, got I do it, got wonder it. too if there's some kind of joke that again we would know more if we watched more episodes of like because uh. he's Abe Lincoln's clone. And, you know, Abe Lincoln was a very Mm -hmm. compelling orator and leader. I wonder if the joke is, like, no matter what Abe suggests, people are like, that's a great idea. You know, like, no matter how stupid or seemingly not connected to anything it is, 
I, and I, I would believe that that could be like a running gag of this show, right? Like that no matter what he sure. says, people are like, oh, yeah, it's a great idea. Let's do that. Um, yeah. So that's precisely what happens. And no sooner does this announcement come through than Gandhi approaches um, a character who probably has appeared more than once in the show. Uh, but again, I didn't watch any other episodes, so I can't be sure of this. Um, the character is a clone of George Washington Carver. Um, do you know who George mm. Washington Carver is? I know that name, but I'm going to sound very stupid if I say that I don't know who that is. Not necessarily. I. This is but one of those really. things where I feel like some segment of our listeners are shouting because they know exactly who this guy is and other people are not. Um, but would it help you if I said the word peanut? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, is, is he the creator of... Is he the creator of Peanuts? He's not the creator of Peanuts. <laughs> peanuts well, already existed. Um, so George Washington Carver is well, I meant famous. Peanuts. I, I meant Peanuts the like cartoon. Oh, no. Also, no. Not but Peanuts the a, food. That's a better guess. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so George Washington Carver is one of the most famous early American black scientists uh, of the early 20th century. And particularly, he was known as an agricultural scientist. Um, And his whole thing was that he worked on the issue of soil depletion. Um, Because, you know, like if you plant the same crops in the same soil over and over and over again, eventually you'll get less and less yield of that crop because the same kind of nutrients get sucked out of the soil over and over and over again. Um, So Mm -hmm. he encouraged people in the South to, rather than planting cotton, to plant peanuts and sweet potatoes. Um, Because... That's that's ringing a bell, but I'm not sure that I would have remembered that name. Yeah, yeah. And he he was especially a fan of the peanut as, like, this kind of superfood... Um, because on the one hand, it helped mm. with this soil depletion thing, but it also was like a much more nutritious, uh, I don't know if a peanut is a legume or not, but it was like a much more nutritious thing that took relatively little work to cultivate. Um, yeah. so he was a big promoter of like get, trying to get those sorts of, um, uh, agricultural crops to popularize them. That's interesting. Um, so, mm-hmm. so needless to say, the real George Washington Carver, as well as his clone, um, are rather serious guys. Um, and Gandhi <laughs> is not a serious man in this film or in this <laughs> TV show because what Gandhi is pitching to George Washington Carver is that they do a buddy cop movie called Black and Tan. Um, where... Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Where I think... I forget what the actual names were, but, like, George Washington Carver was going to be somebody Detective Black, and Gandhi was going to be Detective Tandoori something. So they were, like, Black and Tan. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um... Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, what... 
What is, okay, this is, I'm just like going to be totally stupid. What is, I know black and tan is a drink, correct? Yeah. Yes. What is in a black and tan? That's a great question. I am going to look because I feel like I know the answer, but I am not 100% sure because I'm not sure I've ever had a black and tan in my life. <laughs> um, is it a, is it a, I think it's, is it not beers? Is it like yes. two beers mixed together? Yeah, that's yes. disgusting. Um, so the, okay, so. I think it's put, like a, a, a light beer on the bottom and then like a dark beer on top. Yes, good work. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so that is, so a black and tan is what it's called in many parts of the world. But apparently you, if you were ordering this drink, in Ireland, you wouldn't say black and tan. You would say a half and half because black and tan is offensive in Ireland. Uh, I don't know why. That's fair. Um, uh, well, it's, it does sound a little offensive. And um, I have a, here are my thoughts. It does sound offensive, especially because. Oh, that. Yes, ooh, it just it does. And then. No, in, it's because. And then number two, in, that drink sounds horrible. I'm not going to lie. I'm not sure if I've ever even had one, but. Um, it sounds horrible. Black and tan. The reason why in Ireland black and tan is offensive is because that's related to um, like a serious military conflict in Irish history where a lot of people died. So that's Yikes. why it's offensive. I think half and half is a better phrase Probably. anyway. Um, yeah. But nonetheless, Gandhi. Or, I, mean, I would call like a dark, a dark and. A dark and light. I don't know. <laughs> no, dark and stormy already anyway. exists, so you can't do that. No, um, dark and stormy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but, so God is like pitching. God is pitching black and tan. Um, George Washington Carver isn't really a fan of it, but his anthropomorphized peanut friend is excited. Um, <laughs> Gandhi offers the peanut a role in the movie, so that's, like, enough to get them both on board, apparently. Um, then we cut to a diner um, where Joan and Abe are talking about the movies that they've been making. Um, and this is when Cleo of Cleopatra fame shows up. She is... I mean, what's funny is the animation style of this is quite unusual I would say like really really highly stylized and so to me Joan and Cleopatra I'm like I don't know that anybody looks attractive in this um but Cleopatra is drawn to be <sighs> yeah like supposedly better looking and it mostly seems to be because she has like enormous breasts um with an outfit <laughs> and I feel like the outfit is more like revealing or more yeah. like ornate, I guess you could say. Yeah. And so this Joan is Joan of Arc seems more like brooding. Yeah, Joan of Arc is like the Daria of this. Yes. Um yes. and so she watches in horror as her friend, who she actually is in <laughs> love with, Abe. Uh she has a secret crush on him. He's got a not so secret crush. On Cleopatra, I think mm -hmm. Cleopatra might be dating JFK, possibly. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> it's so crazy to say. So, I mean, it is like it's it's meant to be that, um, you know, teen drama, yeah. angsty shit. So that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and then we go through a little montage yeah. of watching all of the different clones make their movies. Um, and finally, uh, Joan is in the editing room putting her movie together. And she, Abe walks in as she's finishing that. And it's unclear how much time has passed, but they're having this chat and... Um, it becomes apparent to Joan that no matter the fact that like perhaps they've been working kind of closely when it comes to like doing their movies, um, Abe still doesn't like her as anything more than a friend. So she mm. decides to just throw her movie away um, because she had designed this movie to be an opportunity to express her feelings to him. Um, okay. And then she kind mm. of decides is that that's not worth it based on his reaction. Um, when she leaves the room, yeah. though, he pulls the movie out of the trash, and then we cut to the actual film fest in the school's auditorium, and she confronts Abe because she's like, my movie is still on the program. I told you, to, like, I didn't want to include it. I threw it away. Um... And Abe is like, no, you can't be afraid of, like, showing your film. Everyone will love it. And so then she tries to convince Thomas Edison, who is the projectionist in this <laughs> situation, to not play the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, for whatever reason, Edison is, like, played as this kind of smarmy guy. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to play it to make you uncomfortable for some reason. Um, then we get to see a clip of black and tan featuring Gandhi and George Washington Carver <laughs> and his anthropomorphic peanut. Um, and it, I mean, I will say it was pretty funny in the sense that like, I think the scene that we see is like them fighting this peanut on the roof of a moving train or something, um, which was pretty good. And Needless to say, the movie ends and every Gandhi and George Washington Carver get a big applause. And then we see Abe Lincoln's movie, which is called It Takes a Hero. And my handwritten notes say, Giraffe plays football in UFO, um, which is an intriguing description of this film. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it kind of had the feeling of, like, Rudy, but Rudy was a giraffe. And then when he won mm. the big game, he got taken up in space for some reason. Um, mm. Then a fire breaks out in the projection room, but Joan's movie survives. So Edison again is like, look, I saved this one so of we can course. play her movie. Um... <laughs> And Joan's movie is called The Truth Wears Sideburns. Um, and oh my God. again, <laughs> it's meant to express her love for Abe Lincoln. So do you recall like kind of any of the images from this movie or what it looked like in general? Not really, to be honest. Not really, to be honest. I sort of didn't maybe uh, get exactly what it was supposed to be. I was sort of seeing it as making fun of like art house movies where yes, it's like for sure. really, um, really avant-garde. And then you're supposed to be like 
amazed by it. That's yeah. sort of like what I thought it was making yeah, fun of. Yeah, it had a lot of disconnected imagery. I wrote down yeah. that like at one point you just heard the words Celine Dion said over and over again <laughs> uh, for some reason. I forgot that, yes. Oh my god! Yeah, I love that. Like, it's so weird. Um, I forgot that. That's very and funny. And so it plays for like a short amount of minutes, and then it cuts to the audience, and they're all quite silent for a bit. And what I thought was going to happen, which is why I think the humor in this is funny, I thought everyone was just going to be like crickets. We don't know what this is. Joan is always so mm. weird. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Instead, everyone in the place mm-hmm. is like, "She's got a crush on Abe." Ha ha ha. Like, mm-hmm. and so she's mortified. And did, and did you, right now, but from that video is, I mean, did you get that? Cause I definitely, no, sure. I mean, I, again, like what I got from it was this was, that was weird. Like, yes. No. Cause it was, that's where the weird dolphin image got used in this episode. Right. And she had one kind of Mongo looking guy in an Abe Lincoln top hat. Just saying the word. Right. I, for, I forget if he even said anything at all, to be honest. Um, <laughs> no, it was like a 100% student film, like we talked about with yeah. um, with Coherence, I guess, is when we talked about that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was very of that. And so I got nothing out of it. But that was the joke, is that the students yeah. somehow totally did. And then because oh, they realized it. that That's this... so funny movie was about someone having a crush on someone who didn't like them back um because it's high school and it's high school in the early 2000s people like thought that was so fucking funny that she like showed her feelings and he was like (laughs) gross that then they have a riot of joy in in the humor of it all (laughs) um so the school is then burnt to the ground i think this time um And meanwhile, up on a hill, look, overlooking the school burnt to the ground, Abe and oh, yeah. Joan are having a talk. And I guess, I mean, I will say this does seem more mature than any high school student I would have ever been. Um, where he, I guess they're a bit like, he's like, so you made that thing. You like me. I don't really feel that way about you. And she's like, are you sure? And he's like, no. And I don't think they really come to any sort of resolution. (laughs) Um, But, like, I know Mm -hmm. for a fact that even now, as a 41-year-old human woman, I would have trouble having that conversation. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, and and it it definitely wouldn't happen in high school. Right. You'd just be like, I'm mortified, and then you'd, like, never speak to that person again or something. I mean, but that is also such a thing about that teen genre of that era like Dawson's Creek in particular I remember was always called out on like right, how mature right, seeming true. the kids were well, because they were always having yeah they were always having like literally and I mean like I was heart to heart like all the, the time yeah like every conversation was like we are about to die like yeah. we need to get every feeling off of our chest like we cannot I will take this to my grave if I don't say it right now. <laughs> like, Well, and I mean, and I do that think is, that seems true about that age of, like, feeling like stuff yes, is really super yes, fucking important. Everything. Like, for sure. Yes. But I just mean, to me, what seems hard to believe 
is that <laughs> that level of like emotional turmoil and angst would be able to be like, oh, I really must speak to this close friend of mine to make sure that they understand that I only think of them as a friend. Like, right. I think probably those conversations have happened in high school before, but like, they're not like going great. Like, um, no, I think, I feel like what the, like, cause what, there was a part that I don't know when it happened in the timeline of this show, but like, there's a part where he just keeps continually calling her bro, like yes. homie, yes. whatever it is. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. Like, that's in the editing room. That's why she throws, yeah, that's okay. why she throws away oh, okay, the okay. thing. Um, oh, got it. Yeah. See, I think that's more realistic cause it's a little bit more passive aggressive. Like it, it's a little bit more like. And I know he wasn't in the, in this show, wasn't doing it that way. But, like, if, for example, let's say a boy in high school found out you liked him and he, like, wanted to, like, make it clear that you were just friends, I think doing something like that where he was yes. like, hey, buddy, hey, 100%. Dude, like, yeah, I feel yeah. like, like that kind of stuff is sort of the way they would go. Like, those yeah. hints yeah, they of, would, like, there would I don't be see maybe you a like thing. Yeah, it wouldn't be like a real conversation. It would be something like, oh, you know how like such great friends we are. And then they would like find an excuse to say some variation on that like 40 times in like five minutes. And you're like, okay, yeah. I get it. Like, um, right. But it is right. true. I mean, like, I get it. You don't like me. You <laughs> like that girl over there. I get it. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think if from what I remember of Dawson's Creek and similar shows, they would put kids into those situations where they'd have these like conversations where I'm like, yeah, uh, no, like there's no high no. school in the land where this conversation actually happens the way this is happening. But for the, I get it. It's TV. We want to see like the emotional, but it is, it's, turmoil. it's TV, right? It's TV. And I remember, right. And I remember like as a teenager, like watching it now is very funny to me because I'm like, never. But as a teenager, I think it was like, it did tap into <laughs> something sort of cathartic about like, those are the feelings you're having. Like your feelings sure. are big like that and they are yeah, like totally. life and death like that, but you just maybe aren't able to verbalize it the way that they would. So no. it's like to watch it as a teenager, you're like, Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. For um, sure. and um, ad adults watching it are like, that's horse shit. <laughs> and they're like, I, this is, I don't want to know this about children also. Like more important. Right. That I don't want to know this about children. Um, and that's the episode. All done. Right. Um, so easy peasy, yawns and eye rolls. Uh, we'll start with uh, yawns as usual. Um, one yawn is uh, this really drew me in um, and I was engaged. And ten uh, yawns is like I could really struggle to latch on to anything. What would you give it? I was asleep. Yeah, I think I would. I think I would go one. I mean, it's twenty two oh. minutes, and um, yeah, I think so. I mean, okay, like I have attention issues, <laughs> but I was in it, and like it made it made me laugh, and it was short, and yeah. So I would say one. I I had no complaints of it per se. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought it did what it needed to do and got to what it was doing quickly, which I always appreciate. Um, and yeah, certainly I didn't go back to watch any additional episodes, 
But I would be willing to do that for this in a way that maybe for some other stuff yeah. I wouldn't be so much. Totally. Um, in terms of eye rolls, yes. one eye roll is like I fully bought into this world and had no follow-up questions. And 10 eye rolls is like everything about this was a puzzler. Um, what would you give it? Uh, hmm. This one's always a little hard, tougher, especially with like animation, because like sure. the expectation for realism is the bar is pretty low. Indeed. Um. So like in in the world of animation, I would say one. If this were like, uh, you know, a, a live action, like maybe I'd say more like five, just because you know. Sure. It's a little bit more middle of the road in terms of believability, but for for animation, like. One, I was, I bought into it. <laughs> like, I didn't have any follow-up questions. I was like, yeah, sure, JFK, got it. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I thought, like, um, the premise, and we've talked about this in the context of lots of stuff. Um, the premise isn't so wild in the realm of science fiction. Um, and then once you get over yeah. the premise of they're all clones of historical figures, the st- the show itself was just a teen show. Like... Um, so I similarly would give it a one. Right. Um, so then finally, did you like this and would you recommend it? Yeah, I did like it. And yeah, I probably would, especially because A, they're short episodes. B, right now, currently it's on YouTube. It's free. It's easy to find. Um, there's not that many episodes, so it's not like, even if I was like, watch every single one, it's not like a crazy time commitment. <laughs> right, right. Um. It's like maybe nine and, hours of your life or something. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I probably wouldn't ever tell someone to like, watch the whole thing. I'd be like, yeah, check it out. Um. Sure. But, yeah, and it's, and I, like I said, I can't remember any of like, the specific jokes, but I remember like, finding it very humorous and laughing out loud a couple of times. So, um. Yeah, I would. I liked it, and yeah, I would recommend it. Yeah, I liked it. I'd recommend it. Um, You know, it has actors that you know doing most of the voice work, so that, too, Mm -hmm. is always, like, a bit more of a win when it comes to animated stuff, I think, for a lot of people. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, it's cheap. It's free. You can find it anywhere. (laughs) Um, And you may as well give it a try because it it sounds like it's going to have a reboot coming down the track relatively soon i know and i'm anyway and i'm a little curious now i would have never yeah. known about it but i i am now curious to see well, the we'll find reboot. out soon enough uh so wow what a success i'm so pleased that this turned out as it did so that's it from us here at see you next week yeah. i uh see you next week in space i'm sarah this is amy and oh now i should say it the real way we'll see you next week in space Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.